2: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure
3: to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening
1: and enjoy the show. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in love.
2: Welcome back. It is hour two in this league on Sports Grid. Get on the grid.
3: That's right. Pro Bowl weekend, the big weekend that everybody (laughs) looks forward to. Big weekend. It's
2: Senior Bowl weekend,
3: really. Are you jacked up? Are you jacked up? I mean, you know, totally not recording this before the Senior Bowl happens, but, like, (laughs) how many hours with your pants off are you going to be sitting there on the Senior Bowl?
2: Oh, yeah, it's I mean, I, I love the senior bowl and I love rewatching it, too. And I still have to go back and watch uh, rewatch the uh, uh, the shrine game and the collegiate bowl and stuff because I, I had those on, but I wasn't like hardcore digging in on them. Uh, you know, I had to finish up that top 300 that we posted yesterday on Patreon for our fantasy baseball ranks, too. So I've been working on that. It is just a busy time of year here. But uh, I no, I'm I'm all jacked up for uh, the uh, Senior Bowl. There's always something going on here. You know, there's always something for the yeah. Senior Bowl that uh, we like to see. Sometimes it brings your expectations up a little bit too high, like Amir Abdullah, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Right, Buckman? but Yeah, it does. It does. So, uh, I mean, Amir Abdullah looked so amazing in the Senior Bowl, and then Detroit just ruined him. So um, he actually looked good. With the Vikings, a couple chances they gave him for carries uh, this last season, he looked pretty good. But he also didn't look as good as Mike Boone, so uh, that's a thing. But what's the schedule yeah.
3: on the um, on all the college pods? Like, are we? What do you got going? I know one is ending for the season on campus. Did that already end?
2: Yeah, on campus is over with. I still need to uh, do a wrap up show with Blaze whenever we can get that organized. We've just had scheduling issues uh, recently, so we'll wrap up the season there. But then I'm going to have uh, a war room probably next week or the week after. Okay, so. so
3: on the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast, draft coverage is coming back with Bogman in the off season, and uh, you know it's great stuff because you get it. You know, from a fantasy perspective as well. So uh, you can break down some of the Shrine and the Senior pool. You can tell us if Herbert or I don't even know who the hell else is playing in the game. Is there any good running backs in the game?
2: Um, in in this game, yeah, I mean, there's some decent ones. Let me. That means uh, there's not. Well, it, no, it's just. That's like me saying maybe. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it is, but I just have to uh, I just have to look up the rosters here um, because I haven't been, you know, we've been doing a lot of baseball stuff. We got Josh Kelly. I've heard uh, for the North team from UCLA has gotten uh, some big run. Darius Anderson, Darius Anderson was kind of a disappointment. Uh, there's this kid, uh, Troutman, Adam or Adam Troutman, I mean, uh, from Dayton, actually, he's a tight end. Uh, I want to see him get in there as well. So there's some, you know, but but the wide receivers uh, have been the big talk because it's just, it's deep. It's lousy with wide receivers this year, uh, the draft is. It's going to be an awesome draft. And we had, uh, like, my guy Colin Johnson, Jennings, Van Jefferson, uh, DuVernay, Brandon Ayuk, dude from ASU, is getting all of this run. And there are people talking about that. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has a higher grade than Nikhil Harry did yeah, uh, last season and Nikhil Harry was a first round pick. Now, you know, there was no Jerry Judy's or CeeDee Lamb's coming out in last year's draft. So uh, that's something. But uh, yeah, man, this is going to be it's going to be a great senior ball uh, or it was as you're listening to this. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to Wasn't uh, it talk awesome? about it. It was great. I loved. When uh, Harrison Bryant from FAU, the tight end, was catching all those passes. You see when and that Justin guy Herbert threw the thing was,
3: to the other player and then the guy missed the thing?
2: Yeah, I can't couldn't believe he missed that thing. That was uh, incredible. What a catch Eno, too. Eno, by the way, Eno in this uh, Saris? Yeah. Eno Saris, yeah. Eno Benjamin uh is uh in this game too. So uh excited for that. Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vandy, Michael Lamichael P. Ryan. There there's some good there's some good talent in this one.
3: Well Bogman heavy sure. coverage, so be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, one thing we didn't hit yet. Not that I want to get too much into it, but uh, Eli. Well, I don't. Not that I care about talking about Eli Manning retiring. More the Hall of Fame conversation. But Eli uh, hung it up, so he is officially retiring after 16 seasons. I believe he finished seventh in the NFL in passing, had over 300 passing uh, touchdowns, and he leaves Daniel Jones uh, to his devices. And there are no, now
2: no Mannings in the NFL. Yeah, it's. Uh... You know, it's funny because Eli retires and all I see are the arguments for is he a Hall of Famer, is he a Hall of Famer, blah, 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 blah. That's the only thing that people are talking about. I mean, it and the answer is yes. And it doesn't really matter if you think he is or not. He's a quarterback that won two Super Bowls. He's going into the Hall of Fame. That just – it happens. You win two Super Bowls at the QB position, uh, you're going into the Hall of Fame, and that's going to happen for Eli. So uh, it's not like you know the MLB where you have to have 75% of the vote or any of that stuff. They enshrine – You know, it seems like they're adding a person to enshrine every single year uh, as far as the Pro Football Hall of Fame goes. And um, uh, he's going to get in. So it's one of those things where, you know, you can you can disagree with it all day long. You can be upset about it, but it doesn't matter. He's going to go in 100 percent. Right. You're with me on
3: that. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. Knock if you're with me on that. Well, it's just one of those things we were just talking about over on the Fantasy Black Book podcast. You, me and Joe Pizapia about the Baseball Hall of Fame and how, you know, Jeter didn't get the one vote. And what I think is interesting is. Nobody cares about the Basketball Hall of Fame or if there's a hockey one. That means nothing to anybody. The football and baseball one are just so different. They're right. completely different in the process, though. What I do think is interesting is Eli and Derek Jeter, they share some stuff in my eyes where Eli doesn't exactly, like his stats, he's not like a Brett Favre. You know what I mean? Like he's great. He, his longevity, put up numbers, but he's not like a, he's not this no brainer, but he won those championships. Some of the same thing kind of follows Jeter, where all people want to talk about is what a horrible defender he is. The stats don't, like, they don't you know blow you out of the water or anything like that, but he's a winner. He's one of the best shortstops uh, leaders of his time, really, ever. And both of those guys, not that they're not uni- unanimous decisions, it's just interesting that the things that were involved involved around them in the game made them no-brainers. Eli, you win two Super Bowls, you get in. It doesn't really matter else what you do uh, unless, you know, you literally played two years. And then, you know, I mean,
2: Jeter didn't get in because of his stats. He got in because of his World Series. Right. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As post, I mean, he's a hit, hit guy. I shouldn't say that. Yeah.
2: I'm- yeah. I mean, he has 3000 hits and all that stuff. But, you know, there's plenty of people that didn't like the fact that, you know, they think if he played for a smaller market team, he wouldn't have gotten in. And maybe that's the case. Yeah. But his, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew this, the Welsh, but I was at Game 7, the World mm, Series. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch uh Derek Jeter in that world series he was amazing he almost single-handedly beat the Diamondbacks with all those damn homers he was only he up the hit. middle and, and that's uh right and that but that's also where Mr. November came from was that world series it was a first world series with games in November because they pushed the whole season back a week because 9-11 happened so yeah um that was the very Did first they play ever. an all-star game in between before the world series uh, no, they, they didn't, uh-huh. they, they had that in the middle of the year, like they always had it. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't care about the one vote so much. I think it's kind of lame that there was one person that said that he wasn't a hall of famer. It's just kind of, you're just being a contrarian to be a contrarian at that point. Like everybody knows he's going in, uh, and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. Like, oh, I was I, just saying like, there's just no. There's not like a consistency
3: across Hall of Fames. Like baseball Hall of Fame is not the same as the NFL Hall of Fame. There's no standards uh, across the board, so it's just like, all right, yeah, football. It's football's fine, and football's like put them in. You win, yeah, you win uh, Super Bowls,
2: and that's that's what gets you
3: in. You know, you win the Super Bowls, you put some Tracy
2: McGrady's in the basketball Hall of Fame. So, really. He's a great player. I mean, who but, cares
3: about the Basketball Hall of Fame then?
2: Right. I mean, you know, they kind of put anybody in, you know, and uh, so it's it's that. And I don't know what makes it, like, would you rather have harsh restrictions like baseball or would you rather put in, you know, uh, borderline guys like basketball and, you know, probably football do? Because a lot of people hate the fact that Jerome Bettis is in the Hall of Fame. They they say that he is the worst Hall of Famer. That's uh I know an that's opinion that's probably that a lot accurate. People have. So, uh, I mean I don't know if it's accurate. Probably the if, fattest. <laughs> well, there's offensive linemen. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that that's doubtful, but uh at run at the running back position, yeah, probably the fattest. So, um But also baseball is
3: skewed by like this this writers system that's so lame and gross and these people that have vendettas and, you know, there's just so much... Baseball's Hall of Fame process is grosser than what football is. And football will kind of take into consideration, you know, the impact a player had just on the game. I feel like that plays right. a role in it. Like, you know, does Terrell Davis really deserve to be in the Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's a thing too. People argue about that. Like, did you play enough games? So there's always weird parameters and markers to get into any Hall of Fame. And I don't know. I just honestly like is that i i know that it's cool i i think it's a nice thing when you can say you know you're going on a talk show or whatever and they can say hall of famer blah 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 come joins us on the show or in the booth or whatever that is why it's cool i don't think being in you know the the whole process i i bet is awesome too but i don't know how many guys go out and think, oh, one day I'm going to have a plaque I think and that's a lot, why too. I'm playing so hard. Do I think, you think
3: so? Well, I don't think they do that. I think just, I think a, the goal is the Hall of Fame. I think play, I mean, look at, you know, that video of Pearson with the Cowboys who didn't get in and he was just pissed. And can you imagine also being Eli and, and like Peyton's in the Hall of Fame and then he's not like, I, I think these, <laughs> I think these players want to do it. I just don't think there's a full understanding. And I mean, when's the last time Eli was really relevant? Like, nah, where, like when I mean, he, like to the point where he was the guy in the NFL, when you thought, oh boy, Eli is going to make Like, when's the last time that happened?
2: Well, he's always been in his brother's shadow, just constantly. Well, I'm
3: not talking about his shadow, but I'm just saying, like, when has when his impact been like a Drew Brees? You know, where Probably you just the like, last boy.
2: time he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, which, yeah. What was that, 12? Uh, yeah, I, it was a long time ago. It was the one against the Pats. So uh, it's the David Tyree game. So, I mean, it's, it was a while ago. Yeah. I, I mean,. It's uh, fine. It's fine, man. Eli Manning is one of the it, better quarterbacks. Hall of Fame. I just I know. love Peyton's comment, though. Did Did you see uh, it like uh, he said, uh, well, I'm kind of disappointed because outside of my dad and Dan Marino, Eli was my favorite quarterback. So <laughs> uh, I just thought it was funny that Dan Marino got lumped in there. So I like oh, that was just like his guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, but well, I mean, Peyton's a funny guy anyway, so he's probably just trying to give his brother crap. But yeah. uh, we all knew this was coming. When you're replaced, and I it, trust me, I love Daniel Jones. I'm a Daniel Jones guy. But when you're replaced by him, I mean, it's uh, it, it, your, your career's over. Yeah. So uh, there, there were rumors, uh, I guess, that uh, if Ben was going to retire, that the Steelers would have been an option for Eli this year. So, <laughs> yeah. now, I mean, would have been better than Duck or, or Mason, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I was, uh, I was not looking forward to that. You at know, it been point.
3: interesting. If Ben retired, you might have finally got your wish, like 12, 15 years later, and maybe uh, uh, <laughs> Philip Rivers would go to
2: Pittsburgh. It, well, I mean, don't it, it ain't out of the question yet. Yeah. If ben has the setback with his with his arm injury. That could still happen. I mean, I, I do not like Philip Rivers now, but uh, you know uh, that that's once again still way better than Mason Rudolph for Duck Hodges. So, wouldn't be completely against it. Uh, just
3: other football things just looming here. Uh, Travis Kelsey missed practice earlier in the week, but he resumed on Friday. Looks to be good to go. If you're thinking about that, Drew Brees um, during the the stupid Pro Bowl stuff said like it's not a matter of it, of if it's when as far as re-signing with New Orleans. So yeah. if there was any question with any of that, he is going back to New Orleans. They're just going to you know try to solidify and make that thing work. What was interesting was uh, Amari Cooper said he wants to be a cowboy for a long time. And the Cowboys got a lot of stuff to deal with, one being Dak in this coming offseason, but Amari wants to stick around. So I just find it interesting, like, with all the coaching changes, we're just getting, like, a lot of um, consistent player news of just, like, people returning, people being – I mean, everybody except for Kareem Hunt is having, like, a solid week.
2: (laughs) What – God. When you already are under this big scrutiny, what are you doing? And if you didn't see it – Uh, you know, and it's not that big a deal, but he got caught with pot in his car, you know, which once again, not a big deal at all. Three small amount. They said three
3: small amounts, little nugs, I'm guessing of marijuana were found in the vehicle, which he immediately was like, That was my brothers and he was in a car that was registered to his mom. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. Cream hunt. Cool guy club.
2: (laughs) It's just so dumb. Like, you know, even if, you know, even if it is your brother's. Why don't you make sure your dumbass brother hasn't let you know left anything in that car before you get in it? Because you are under hardcore scrutiny after the stuff that happened. Well, by the way,
3: because he was speeding, he was going seventy-seven into sixty. So you speeding? He didn't make sure. And like, I'm not even trying to be weird here, but m- maybe wait till you get the contract too. You're a free agent this yeah. year. You you kept quiet. You had a good year maybe get the contract before you go and do stupid nonsense like this. There are plenty of teams that will look at it. Like the Patriots, they could care less about this. They're like, oh, as long as you know, you're not murdering anybody right now. But even so, you know, if you can get us an extra year, like there are teams that won't care about this whatsoever. But there will be teams that are like, here we go. Like this is the start of it. Like you got to be in your best behavior with Kareem Hunt. I'm just, um, I'm always baffled at these guys with the millions and millions and millions of dollars life changing amounts of money and decision making is on the line and it's just like yeah, I go 20 over
2: the speed limit oh you got some weed in there it's all good i'm not going to get pulled over i'm kareem hunt like what do you do you right, think dude. that do you think that Madden pays attention to these bad off season decisions should. and lowers their rating uh on their their like their awareness rating you know what they should have an off season
3: rating they're like an off the field rating and it could be like 1 to 10 and then like that effect, that could affect their gameplay. It could affect, like on a random day, <laughs> their speed could go from 95 to like 89 and their awareness could drop. Wouldn't that be great? Like, I think this is a, is a magical idea you just said that I just created is off the field. Uh, just it's called off the field and it's one to 10, 10 being the worst well, it, and one being, it, the or maybe it's opposite. One being the worst, 10 being the best. And it just randomly affects a guy from game to game.
2: Isn't this the game that, uh, like the the jail football game that they made, where oh, yeah. they had, you know, uh, well, well, I can't remember.
3: God, I can't. Well, here, let, let's look it up on the break. We'll come back to okay. that. And then also, um, we got to talk about this big trade rumor that's going on. We didn't get that on the baseball podcast, so don't go anywhere. In this league, back. Up.
0: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in
1: this league. I love
0: you. Ready to
3: party! This is in this league. Segment two, hour two, Bogman, the Welsh, with Blitz the League 2, Prison Ball.
2: That's what it was, Bogman. Oh, my God. That's where I got my my uh, football name that you love so much. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Orenthal McSlicyneck. I think that was one of the guys that they had. It was definitely Orenthal McSomething. Like, it was some weird made-up name because they couldn't, you know, obviously didn't have name rights for OJ or uh, this was right. Uh, I think this came out right when the Michael Vick stuff
3: happening. I mean happening, I don't think so they like had that. rights to any player when it was in a prison. So I think they had to
2: No, no, of course not, but make uh it. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's where the name comes what from. What was this whatever that game is? Four. Like you have a PS4, will this back play this game? I want to play this game. No idea. I know my roommate uh our, our guy Couch had that game. Yeah, look and at this. It was um it was I think released I you could do steroids in the game and stuff too, like it was it was not it is NSFW. It sure. was
3: released on the PS3 and Xbox 360. There are five new teams in it, um, including the Los Angeles Riot, the Houston Riders, the Vancouver Beavers, the Milwaukee Hounds, and the Atlanta 404s. And the four original teams had been uh, relocated, and four older teams have been relocated. That was Lawrence Taylor was featured in the game. The game also alludes to real-life scandals involving NFL players as former Washington Redskins quarterback
2: Mike Mexico is now serving time in prison. That's what what Mike... Because he was Ron Ron. Mexico. Like, that's his... His uh, nickname when he got herpes in Mexico.
3: Boy, I'm reading some of this other stuff, and you can't even get into it. Said so there also, there are also allegations of the New England regulars cheating in a championship game. Mm-hmm. A reference to Spygate, <laughs> and the game also features an incident with the Minnesota Reapers, reminiscent of the Minnesota Vikings boats
2: game. Boat. This might have been
3: the greatest game that anyone has ever made. I have, you know what? I got to tell you something. I have a PS3. In my closet still. My old PS3. (laughs) It is the original, like, if people know with the PS3, they had the big bulky one, and then they made it slimmer. I had the bulky one. It died on me two times. I sent it in to Sony to get fixed, and they kept sending me back the same bulky one. I don't know if it works. I, with everything in my heart, (laughs) want to play this game. I want this game. I I want to see if my PS3 works. I'd be curious, can you back play on PS4?
2: I, I have no idea. So, Let's see. I mean, I don't Can front play, play, play on the PS4 that I have. So You don't what? No. Uh, <laughs> well, all I'm saying is like I haven't had time to, to play my uh, PS4 that much. Although I did finish my 300 and you gave me Red Dead the other day. So maybe that needs ah. to happen soon.
3: I'm just telling so. you, like we've talked about, um, you know, going on Twitch. I want to I would play this game once a week. this would be great i don't know if you can back play it though you you would play mike mexico absolutely follow the storylines this is great i'm i'm all about uh i'm all about the prison ball so that would be that would be super fun
2: uh ray uh, what's another word for rice ray grain on there or something like that'd be funny jerry yeah you just be like yeah jerry grain jerry grain right yeah so uh yeah you can get tons of them steve Hold. what name would they have for uh for Aaron Hernandez in that game? <laughs> did you get to the point when he asked his his uh agent if he could get him a contract with Smith Smith and Wesson nope didn't get to that part sorry uh, alert. yeah well, blockman's good at that but uh. No, I, uh,
3: Yeah, I'm again, sorry. Did that ruin the documentary for I, you? What's going to happen at the end? Like, <laughs> oh, um, we're going to talk about the secret <laughs> show. Like I said, I have never been more thrown off. I was watching it with my wife and I'm telling you, they're just going through the motions and then like 15 minutes left in the documentary. They're like, Hey, by the way, did we mention? And it's like, what, <laughs> what is happening here? Uh, it is, uh, it's something else. I, Boy, if there's a person out there that could remake Blitz, the League, Prison Ball, and imagine all of these new characters that they would put in with the names and the storylines, someone is missing a huge, huge opportunity. And really, you know what you could do is you could do a couple different ways. You could have like Mutant Football League inside of it with the Prison Football League, and then maybe Backyard, and just make it like three different ways you could play. That would be
2: so, awesome. yeah, so Tom, fun. the, the, the practice taper, um, yeah. you know, uh, something about deflating balls, you know, I yeah. mean, there's so much to work with.
3: There's you know, a lot so to work like, with for sure. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't even get Ray Ruth into, uh, any of their stuff oh. in the old one. They could have like a guy comes out, drives out in a car and he just jumps out the, the trunk. Do, and do you do you, you think the
2: even the blitz people were like, no, Ray? Again,
3: do, well, fresh. I mean, I don't know, man, they put some stuff in there. So, <laughs> all right, well, that's a lot of football. I was amazed we got so much football in Big stuff around baseball, it it tends to go in these little waves now. We're in a wave period because we're about two and a half weeks away from uh, pitchers and um, pitchers and catchers reporting. And really all the players are going to start reporting here shortly. And baseball is about to take full front. What is interesting about this next little two-week period is that I would imagine most teams want to have things solidified. You don't want to have big... You don't want to make major stuff happen before spring training. You kind of like to get that out of the way and kind of have a, an idea of what you want to do going into um, you know your your practice uh, period. So all the guys have majority of signed Marcel Ozuna, Josh Donaldson, I think the two biggest are Castellanos and Puig right now. Castellanos still rumored with the Rangers and the Reds. Puig is kind of all over the board right now. There's really no destination. They're probably just waiting for the market to settle, but. The reason that the, the market might not be settled is Starling Marte's trade stuff has kind of wavered, even though there's a report that it's intensifying, but here might be number one, because one of the biggest players in this market are the, the San Diego Padres, and it comes back out that the Padres and Red Sox have discussed a Mookie Betts trade, and it seems like it's becoming more of a reality. Uh, Christopher Smith of MassLive.com said there is legitimate interest from both sides, but he said it's unlikely as a deal is done at this time because Will Myers on the Padres end would have to be involved because the Red Sox also want significant prospects. This would be a prospect talent driven trade. So you would have Mookie Betts, maybe even David Price involved going on a one only one year under him. I think he has twenty seven million dollars and then he could be a free agent where the Padres would have to give up significant prospects and then Will Myers' contract as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces. This would be the big blockbuster trade we've been waiting for, from Arenado and his uh, disagreements with management to Lindor's mystery trade and then not being traded. Mookie continuously looks like the one that is going to go. And San Diego and Boston have been trade partners
2: before, Boggs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's just not something that you would imagine really happening that, you know, the Padres are trading for the good player between these two teams, right? Uh, it's it's a little surprising in that regard to me. Uh, but uh, I think this is, this is the move that you do if you're the Padres. You know, you've been collecting this minor league talent for so long. You've been so bad for a long time. This is the same stuff the Astros did. You know, obviously up to a point, but uh, this is the same stuff that the Astros did for a long time. This is the original trust the process. Yeah. So well, um, also the
3: Padres. You 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 do this is the way you want to do this. this is the this is the old like if the Mets could do it the right way thing where you've got controllable pitching because we know how much pitching can cost. You have young controllable pitching, and you go and drop your money on the positional players. So you've got Paddock. You've got Lamette, You've got McKenzie Gore coming. They've got guys like Morion out there. They've signed Garrett Richards to a cheaper contract. So I imagine what they've got to do is they've got to figure out a way to facilitate facilitate a trade. And Luis Patino is another one where they cannot move the pitching prospects. And they make it positional heavy, which could cause them to give up a guy like uh, C.J. Abrams or a Taylor Trammell. And that might, there's some of the hang up here. So the Padres are in this position where they're like, we can resign Mookie. We've got this young controllable pitching for a long time. We are going to get huge, big bats. Great defense is going to put us in. And you'd have guys like Tatis Jr., Machado, Mookie Betts makes you a powerhouse offense with a young controllable pitching. This is how you set yourself up now and into the future. And by the way, they had one of the best closures in the game. This is a no brainer trade to me. I would almost say besides McKenzie Gore, anything should be on the table for this team to move and get out of the Will Myers contract. It's just, I would imagine this team wants at most to not move a heavy load of pitching. I can't imagine they want to send Morion, Batino, and like another pitching prospect. They'd want to have some hitting. And we got no idea what the Red Sox want. Red Sox are not flush with pitching prospects in their minor league system. It's, they're not flush with hitting prospects, as a matter of fact, but they are better in that respect. So they probably want it to be. They probably want a Patino and a Morion in this type of trade.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't know that. I, I get that. You know, no team really wants to give up their pitching prospects, but the Padres just have so much. Yeah. I don't know that it matters that much to them, right? So I mean, I think not, it does as much as it does to other teams.
3: I think I agree with everything you're saying. I don't think it does matter as much, but I still think it matters to a point where they're going to put their foot down. Like, I'll bet you this conversation started with the Red Sox where they're like, all right, we want McKenzie Gore. And then they say, well, go F yourselves. That's never going to happen. So then they're going to have to work them their way down to maybe Patino. And I imagine they don't want to do that either because the future game plan can be around that. But to what you were saying is from top to bottom, they've got guys, you know, they have got uh, Joey Cantillo, they've got Ryan Weathers, they've got draft picks that are coming up sooner. Um, I mean, they're just flush and, How I stand is, outside of McKenzie Gore, they should do anything they can, whatever it takes to move. you got to be within reason. Teams need to work with each other, but you're also asking the Red Sox to take on the Will Myers money if you're doing this. Probably not taking on the David Price money, and the Red Sox want prospects. Everyone needs to be reasonable. But if reasonable is the Red Sox saying, all right, man. You're going to have to give us Adrian Morion, Luis Compensano, and another prospect. Or you can give us Luis Patino and then some lower prospects. You just do whatever the Red Sox want. Just don't give up McKenzie Gore. Do whatever else you need. A year of Mookie for this team could, I mean, it could change the entire game. And they got some studs in there. I think this is a no-brainer. And I kind of think this is going to happen. Like, I didn't feel like this ever. I kind of think this is going to happen in the next two weeks. Okay, because that's
2: what I was going to ask you was, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the actual possibility of this because we see you know rumors come out all the time about oh this could happen that could happen and then they just you know never come to fruition so but you think that uh, i guess if you're a betting man what what are the odds that you would give on this to happen would you give it better than uh two to one yeah I, i i mean i really think like
3: i think the red Sox want to make this move happen i think they want to move off of this and i think um the Padres are in a position where they can give Mookie the money. Mookie might be excited being with this organization and they're moving in a really good direction. And I think the Padres are positioned better than any other even if they did deplete the system. The Tremel, some other right. guys, if they can re-sign him at all is all good. I'd also remind they got a top ten pick in this coming draft. You know, they have the eighth right. pick in this upcoming draft, which it's kind of top heavy. They have the potential to get another big time player, and then you're going to have um, you know compensation around this, that, and the other thing. I think the Red Sox need to replenish this system, especially knowing that they're not going to do it. I think the Padres are the best positioned team to unload talent for the Red Sox, and this it, this happened vice versa. If you remember, you know the Red Sox unloaded talent in Manny Margot and uh, Anderson Espinosa, and I'm forgetting who the other person was to the uh, Padres. So I think the Padres can return the favor, and no matter what they do, their system will still be fine. Like, right. unless they traded Mackenzie Gore, CJ Abrams, and Luis Patino, which will not happen for a one-year of Mookie, that no matter what they do, they'll be fine, and they're in a position to replenish themselves. San Diego should be as aggressive as you can possibly be. And I, I literally think the only thing that's holding this back would be the Red Sox wanting to give up Mookie. And if that's if that's not the case currently, then I think this happens... I think this happens in a week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope it does. That. I mean, uh, first of all, I kind of hope it doesn't because we're Diamondback fans, right? We uh, don't want to see... We don't want to see Mookie uh, playing in our division. They already got Manny Machado last year, so it's it's bad enough with that. That's uh, a, a good point, Bob. And we always have the Dodgers, too, and uh, Arenado now says that he doesn't want to be traded, so it's like, it, it's funny because we go away from the Giants winning World Series, and now all three of the other teams in this division are also great. You know, and, and the Diamondbacks are just kind of like, a meh all right, you know, I mean, we're better than the Rockies probably, uh, but that could flip any single year. So um, uh, so I don't really want to see it happen. But, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting move as far as a baseball perspective goes. And then just you got to think of how many times can the Padres rip off the Red Sox before the Red Sox go, yeah, we can't deal with this team anymore because didn't they give them Adrian Gonzalez too and got a whole bunch of stuff back? uh for for gonzalez uh and then gonzalez was just horrific for the red sox right am, i mean am i remembering that incorrectly um, or i don't remember the i
3: mean adrian gonzalez was a dodger for a long time and he was a marlin originally i
2: don't I think remember if- he was traded i think he was traded to uh, remember he spent a year with the red sox because didn't they trade they traded for him and then josh beckett and somebody else right uh, I'm just i got I'm look, look I'm, lo- I'm looking too.
3: I'm looking at what that was. Okay, yeah, Boston's No, Boston. Sin. The Los Angeles Dodgers completed the largest trade where it was Adrian Gonzalez, Crawford, and Beckett. The Dodgers did they they acquired those guys from the Red Sox. Yeah, the Dodgers was, they sent got, Loney, Avonda Jesus, and two other players, which ended up being Ruby De La Rosa and Jerry what Sands I'm about. to Boston. It's a,
2: Gonzalez was traded to Boston for a package of Casey Kelly, Anthony Rizzo, Raymond Fuentes. That was, that's in 2010. That's, okay, that's so that's before deal.
3: this trade that I'm doing, which was right. in 2012. But
2: then, what what, what was Rizzo flipped to? Because Rizzo was terrible. Oh, that was, which, yeah, that
3: was a horrific trade for, uh, that was the Padres, though.
2: Yeah, 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 that, well, I, I, that's what I'm talking about now that we're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Rizzo traded to the Cubs. What was that deal? Because... Uh, well, let's see, man. Andrew Kashner and outfielder uh, Kyung Min Na. That was the deal. Kashner, who is uh, you know affectionately known by our guy Paul Spoor as Andrew Andrew Trashner. Now, so I, I, uh, he, he had some decent years for San Diego, but uh, not not a good deal. I, I think
3: San Diego can take a guy like Taylor Trammell. I think they can take a pitcher. They can take the hits, and they can bring on you know a superstar in Mookie Betts and. You know, that lineup of Tatis Jr., Mookie Betts, Manny Machado. I mean, who else am I forgetting? I mean, who, uh, the Tommy Fam. You forgot they brought in Tommy yeah, Pham. Yeah, Fam.
2: Like, the the Padres are making a real run at it this season. Jerks and Profar.
3: You're absolutely yeah. right. They got Kirby Yates. They didn't come off of the Kirby Yates stuff. I mean— And like you said, they're going to bring
2: up, Mackenzie Gore is going to come up at some point this year, especially if they're competing. He probably is going to end up having an innings limit, but this Padres team, Well, guess what? What a perfect transition. Then let's do the Padres team
3: preview. That's what we'll do next. We'll talk about the team as a whole, um, and we could talk about them non mookie bets for a minute. We'll look at the total roster. We'll look at the rotation. We can speculate a little bit, some more moves. But, you know, we have been doing some team previews. We've been going through the NL West. We probably are pacing to get done in uh, July at this point. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the San Diego Padres. We'll do a little team preview here and anything else. So don't go anywhere. Bogdan Welsh in this league right here. Sportsman.
1: It's In This League.
3: Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. This is In This League right here on Sports Grid. It is the radio edition. Three hours of sports talk that we got for you, whether it's fantasy or real. And you can check us out over on Patreon.com slash and all of the content that we do. There is a lot. And we got our boy Casey Bubba coming up. Casey Bubba uh, got his hands and fingers in the industry across the board and always does an hour with Bogman in Hour 3. We've been doing that for a while. That is good stuff. Final segment with me. What a perfect transition. As we're talking about the Mookie Bet speculation, we can jump into a little team preview for the San Diego Padres. Now, Boggs, check out this roster that they currently have set. This is what their 1-8 to eight looks like on roster resource. First up, Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting leadoff. Number two, Tommy Pham hitting two, and he's in left field. Manny Machado is their three-hole hitter. He's over at third. They've got Eric Hosmer uh, in first base, obviously, hitting cleanup. They've got Trent Grisham, who was acquired in trade. Big on base guy, kind of altered his game a bit. He's a right fielder. Francisco Mejia at catcher. Franchi Cordero in center field and Jerks and Profar in center. So what you do, if you were to acquire a Mookie Betts, you take off Franchi Cordero. You put Mookie Betts in there. You've now put Mookie as your three-hole hitter. Manny to clean up Hosmer at five and you've moved these other guys that aren't necessarily liabilities or anything like that, but you move them down the line just a little bit. I mean, Hosmer isn't who he used to be, but I would argue that that front five from Tatis to fam to to what would be bets to Machado and then Hosmer that is dangerous as dangerous
2: can be. Yeah, man. And I think that Hosmer uh, just by product of being in this lineup is a little bit underrated too. So you're not wrong. um, Yeah. I I think this is man. I'm going to be so upset if this trade happens. The Padres are going to be so good. Uh, I hope I, now I'm really kind of hoping it doesn't happen. But once again, I mean, this is the move that you make if you're the Padres of course because yeah. you've been wait, waiting and working on this so long it's, at some point you got to push your chips all in it's kind of like playing poker right Yeah. where you, you're low stack you've been working on this you're making your comeback and now you got to make a move do something it's a, i think this is it
3: It's a scary ass lineup that there's you know there's on base there's big power projection there's speed you never know. You could see Machado potentially like you speculated. We did a um, a player debate podcast on Friday that was Manny Machado versus Marcus Simeon. And there's always a the speculation of will he run anymore? Well, I mean, in this lineup, there's so much speed, so many RBI opportunities. The offense is really strong. And, you know, they've got Austin Hedges if they want to baby the pitchers a little bit more if Mejia's bat doesn't keep developing. Ty France, even though he's like almost 26 years old and Not that he was ever a non-prospect. He wasn't a big prospect. He had an incredible freaking minor league year. And then you got Manny Margot, who's still off the bench. And this would push a guy like Franchi Cordero down there. So they've actually got some good youth depth that's out there with potentially or pending what happens in their trades. You might have a Taylor Trammell in the wings if he doesn't get moved. You know, So they'd have some uh, wiggle room. And then you look at their rotation. The rotation is uh, at the top, Chris Paddock. They've got Garrett Richards, who, you know, is coming back from injury, and he looked really good in short stints. Zach Davies, Joey Lucchesi, and Danellison Lamette. And if they were to get Mookie Betts, we immediately, like you said, Boggs, their timeline has moved up. What that would also mean in my eyes, and we saw them do it last year with Tatis Jr., is I think they would be more aggressive with some of the closer pieces, a la McKenzie Gore. I could see McKenzie Gore or Patino or Morion getting bigger pushes up in here if they can't go make a move for another starter. So, I mean, if McKenzie Gore could be the real deal and they could push him up in the lineup, you'd have Paddock, Richards, Lucchesi, Lamette, and Gore with an insane, insane offense with a relatively strong defense with it too. They would,
2: they would be a problem. This is... Uh... Welsh is talking like I talk when someone talks about college football, right? Yeah, I can hear the excitement in your voice. Like I want to call you a closeted Padres fan a little bit because and it's not really that you're a Padres fan. I think all these factors add up. Like the stadium isn't too far away from your place and it's right next to your new place. So you got to be excited. Oh, it's about like 5 that. minutes. But, but to your right. point of
3: what you're getting at is I've been since 2016, I've been in the backfields of of this Dude, organization.
2: For your birthday, it was was it last year or the year? No, it before? was two. It was two, two years, years ago. ago. We went and saw Adrian uh, Morion and were introduced to Henry Henry. Yeah, so it, literally, I, like, it was for my birthday.
3: Uh, Bogman went with me to an extended spring training game. That's what it was.
2: That's right. That was my birthday present was I woke up and drove down much further for me. And we went uh, in
3: the backfields where, I mean, you can attest, there was nobody. It was scouts, th- no one players, was there. and us. Well,
2: yeah, and the reason was is because, yes, it was uh, late April, but it was 108 degrees out. It was so hot. I just remember being uncomfortably hot. Uh, sitting there going, man, you do this all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you stand this heat. It drives me crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we went and, and met these guys. But you can hear the excitement in the Welsh's voice here because this team is going to be outstanding. Now, let me ask you this, and maybe you'll disagree with this, but if they come out and they're they're swinging for the fences early, they've got a lead on the Dodgers, they're, they've got a lead on the Diamondbacks and the Rockies as well. Would you be surprised to see them not maybe not Gore, but take some other pieces and flip them to get a frontline starter no. as well? Gore's untouchable. I'm telling you this right now. Well, There's, that's what I just said. I said maybe not. Gore. Yeah. But. So
3: let's say let's for argument's sake here. Let's say the trade with Boston has Taylor Trammell and Adrian Morion going over. Let's just assume that for a okay, minute. Right. They still have Luis Patino. And they have C.J. Abrams, who is their top-hitting prospect in the system. I think one of those would be untouchable, and I could see maybe Patino going for like a young, but it'd have to be a good, more frontline pitcher. Like, like you got who is the pitcher that they're going to acquire? I absolutely think they have the depth. They have uh, positional depth as well. You know, Trent Grisham or Francia Cordero or Manny Margot can kind of become more expendable. They might potentially come off of Francisco Mejia if he doesn't hit and they go back to hedges. They've got other younger international guys. They could move off a lot. So I say yes to that. But it, the question would still be like, who are those guys? Who is available? Who's the young pitcher? that The Dimebacks aren't trading them. Robbie Ray. You know, Maybe no, Matt Boyd. No. Maybe Matt Boyd with the Tigers.
2: Yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, and, and he Matt doesn't would, cost. Wouldn't cost yeah, his cost wouldn't be huge or anything. But I don't know. Maybe the. You know, maybe the, the Astros fall completely apart and flip Verlander or something because he's older or a or something in that neighborhood uh, I, I could think of. But, you know, it, you know, Betts is going to be coming. It, he's he's on a one year deal. Like yeah. if you trade for him, it's just for this year, unless they want to give him a ton of money, which I can't imagine that The Padres are going to sign Machado that enormous deal and then also sign bets to him. I think they would. I think they would. Maybe they would, but but if that's the case, they're not going to have money to go after pitching. And the reason but that's I why I said
3: earlier, though, Box, that they have young, controllable pitching. This is why you can go and pay those money and go after those superstars because you have Paddock, you have Gore, you have Patino, you well, have I Lucchesi. understand, but
2: they're still they're still talking about inning limits on paddock so what do you do with him if your team is in the realm of winning do you just kind of give up those inning limits or do you say do you limit him in the middle of the season so you're going to have him for the back half and the postseason because he's a big part of this yeah. of course and, and then and gore
3: would be too if they brought him up to your point
2: gore would be too uh, but then you know uh we have guys like Lamette coming off an injury. Uh, Gore would probably have an innings limit uh, should he come up. So it's just you're a little bit hampered by you've got the lineup here, especially if you add Moki. But the the pitching staff well, is where I kind of question. And and it, that leads credence to a fantasy argument. Like, are they going to, you know, Gore becomes more valuable, I think, if they trade for bets, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so.
3: But you, also don't discount the idea that this team could get David Price back in a trade. Not to say yeah, that, that that's he's going to be amazing. David Very Price true. would be exactly the type of player you want. If you're going to give innings to players like LeMet's coming off of injury, Richards is... Paddock and then Gore would be limited you'd want a veteran who you can kind of slide in there and get innings to and then there's also the other trade assets that could be available in the boys. but to your point you probably want more you want more veteran arms that are going to be able to eat up innings because that's I think the way that they ultimately approach this and it's not like there are veteran arms left and right that are available in trades but it's not to say that you know, if the A's fall off, they couldn't go and maybe get a Mike Fires, or, you know, they could call Pittsburgh and bring in a Chris Archer with San Diego would be really great to see. Um, I think there are available pitchers out there. And I think here here's another reason I want to throw at you why I don't think this team freaks out. And, and I think if they were to trade bets, I think going and making the pitching trade immediately is the play. Go get a Matthew right. Boyd immediately. But here's one advantage they have and maybe not worrying about that, is they also have a sick-ass bullpen. And you forget,
2: they've got they Kirby do. Yates,
3: which is one of the best pitchers in baseball. They brought in Drew Pomeranz, and Pomeranz, as a lefty specialist or setup man, was an absolute monster last year. And Andres Munoz, who drops at 100, he's a young 21-year-old. They've also got I mean, guys like Craig Stammon. You go in, and you know they could move a player like a Morion or a Gore, for, as a matter of fact, into the bullpen. Then they could go and maybe they get David Price in this trade. Maybe they can go make another acquisition to to Boyd. This organization and the way they like to trade, I think, is primed to make these moves. And they're not that many pieces off. And I think everything we have just talked about is very reasonable. I think Boyd is available. I think the Red Sox would love for David Price to be involved. I don't know if they would want that. I think you can minimize your concerns in the rotation by just getting Mookie bets in this offense because you have done the right things. You built a great bullpen. You've got a great young core and you have controllable pitching. Padres could set themselves up for a long time. It's just, will they pull the trigger? Will other teams let them pull the trigger box?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a fantastic point to make here. Um, Now, Mookie Betts value moving forward if he does get flipped to San Diego. How far does that move him down? Is it a lateral move? Does he go just below Bellinger? Like, what are your thoughts on Mookie moving forward should he get flipped?
3: I bet he he stays value. I mean, we definitely saw or going to see or get an answer in, like, Machado in San Diego got muted. I, I made the argument Machado just got destroyed at home you know he's never been as he was a 287 hitter lowest of his career at home in baltimore the whole time comes to san diego he hits under 220 at home So there is the concern that Mookie Betts could be suppressed, but Mookie's not like a 35-plus homer guy. Like, you can get away with a top-five fantasy value in Mookie if he hits 25 homers because his runs and RBIs might be through the roof here. He's going to have Machado hitting behind him to hit him in. He's got Tatis and Tommy Pham in front of him. RBIs, um, homers through the roof. He can get his stolen bases. You know he might be able to you know connect in Boston's a good doubles park, but San Diego can work as well. There's e- there might be easier pitching for him to deal with as well in uh, in L West. I think his value stays the same. I think it could be interesting argument for Bellinger over him, but a lot of people don't want to hear that still. But I don't think much changes. I think he just it's a it's a lateral fantasy move. But
2: yeah, I don't know. Are you concerned right. about the power like muted? No 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 not really. Uh, you know, and I think playing for an NL team maybe. The speed, uh, the speed could come up. You know, uh, the the stolen base opportunities could come up as well. So it, it's just maybe the runs come down. I'm more concerned about the runs because that Boston lineup is just insane. You know what I mean? Uh, so the the runs could come down. Maybe opera RBI opportunities do a little bit, but I think he's still four or five. I don't think he drops below that. Like I maybe if, if you want the argument of. You know, maybe he drops below Bellinger. I'm fine with that. Uh, but he doesn't drop below, you know, whoever it is, Garrett Cole or um, uh, Lindor or anybody like that. The guys that are currently going uh, just below him. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think I'm with you. I think it's a fairly lateral move as well.
3: One interesting thing. God, I said, I've been saying interesting so much lately. It's, it's such so a bad interesting. Crutch. It's such a bad crutch. I got to stop. One thing that could be a repercussion of this, you got to wonder, is if the Padres were to make this move, you got to wonder would you see the Dodgers maybe re-engage the Lindor stuff, maybe the Diamondbacks try to get a little bit more aggressive, and maybe here's the inverse. What if the Rockies look at the moves that are happening in this division and you've got all these rumors about Arenado and he's unhappy, though he made a public statement where he was just like, there's some stuff everyone doesn't know about, but I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm just going to get ready to play for my guys. He's a, it's not a big talker like that but what if the Rockies were to look at that situation look at where things are going in the division and just say you know what we need to get out from this now you know we just saw what the trade market for a Mookie Betts was with one year that would help establish the market for a long-term contract with Arenado and the division's getting away from them so I mean this could be the precipice of the Rockies maybe actually pushing those chips back in and them competing with the Giants at the bottom of this division it's just speculation though
2: yeah, I mean, the the Arenado thing, it's so weird to me. And his his now he's getting a weird attitude about this trade too, like Well, he stopped.
3: No, I mean, he made his comment. He was just like, I'm not going to speak on this anymore and just get ready.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's true. I don't know. This this rocky situation is strange because they they have the lineup, right? The lineup is there, but they have no pitching. No. What do they have to do? Well, they have no free to lure a pitcher. Yeah, well, I mean, what have
3: they to do to get any free agents? They haven't signed a single person. That's what is pissed about.
2: Yeah, but once again, like he's pissed off because, and I don't know how he can be pissed off. They just gave, they're paying him $35 million. Like you took all the money. What do you what do you expect them to do? Maybe it was a discussion when he signed that deal. You know, he said, "Hey, look, you guys are still going to be able to uh, help uh, help me out, right?" And sign people. Maybe it's something they talked about, and then they just went dark. I guess we can see. Uh, I guess we can see, you know, them doing some something along those lines, and just not uh, holding up their end of the bargain. But you would think he would say that. If that was the case, like I know I'm getting paid a lot of money, but when we talked, they said they would be doing things. I mean, it's not it's not the best look in the world, of course, to go and say stuff that you've talked about with your team. But it's also not the best look in the world to demand a trade. So I I don't know. It's just it's very, very it's a strange situation. Doesn't demanded a trade. Well, he hasn't demanded, but they're the ones that were talking about trading
3: him like they're disrespecting him
2: yeah but uh yeah yeah i mean i don't know yeah so. you, you don't like arenado for some reason you're I very don't. anti-arenado I, I, don't, I don't like arenado that much and it's probably it's probably being a homer for the diamondbacks I to be completely biased but uh i mean because he's never done anything he's not uh, machado bad yeah he ain't machado Oh, i really don't like machado but yeah yeah um it this is um uh, th- it's just a strange situation to me and i hope i hope we find out something different uh Further down the line when this does or does not happen So that I don't have to hate him yeah. I guess is what I would say so.
3: Well the Padres are putting themselves in a good position Even if they don't get Mookie bets. It's an interesting lineup. Uh, I said interesting again. They've got a bun- They've got a young core. They've got controllable assets in the bullpen or um, in the rotation with a really good bullpen. And I think they're poised to make a move. So we're going to have to watch, monitor, see what happens. And uh, maybe we'll be reporting back very shortly. Guess what? I'm out of here, but hour three is not. It's Bogman. It's Bubba. It's lots of stuff and things. So don't go anywhere. More in this league coming up right here on Sports screen.